All right, everybody say the domino effect. You know, it's probably one of the things that I really enjoy watching is the toppling over of dominoes, how, how they, they painstakingly line everything up in a, a perfect line, and then you begin to watch these dominoes, and, and to me it's very, it's very satisfying, it's very relaxing, but also it's the anticipation of will our final tricks really make it? Will they continue to do everything they're supposed to do? And, and then just that thrill of watching them accomplishing as they perfectly space their way from the ground and the air, and, in, and the key is touching each other. And as we watch that Guinness Book of World Records, that was books that they actually set up versus dominoes, that you think about how masterfully, you know, that it took somebody to put all that together. And when it came to do the mega, mega toppling, it all started with, everybody say, one domino. One domino. One domino. Today, I'm going to ask you to pray for two young men that we reached through, through one grew up in the church and then reached him through jail ministry. The other young man reached through jail ministry. They are completing, graduating Heartland today after an 18-month Christian rehab program. And they'll both be in, both be in church next week. And and they've got a mentor that'll be pouring their heart. But think about it. It took, it took one person to go do jail ministry to impact their lives. It, it took another person to get the application. It took them to go. And, and we're believing that God is going to do something there. But the first domino hit the next domino, which hit the next domino, and moved on. And the, suddenly, the set came alive. But what I think that you've got to grab is it started with the several and several impacted thousands. But it's interesting because the first domino, the first domino never physically touched the last domino. The first domino never physically touched the last domino, but yet the first domino impacted the last domino. And you think about Jesus. Jesus was one guy. And you think about his life impacting 12, and the 12 turned into 72, the 72 turned into 120, the 120 turned into 3,000, and now sitting here on the 2nd of July, 2023, we're talking about the first domino, Jesus. Why? Because our lives have been impacted by those who have gone before us. Our lives have been impacted by the domino effect. Everybody say domino effect. How many of y'all have heard of Billy Graham? Everybody probably has heard or know, and you think about Billy Graham, he's reached millions with the message of, of Jesus Christ. But somebody did a statistic, and they, they credited Billy Graham with speaking the gospel live in front of 215 million people, 185 country stadiums, and, and he spoke live in person to 185 million, but through TV and radio, they projected that he reached 2.2 billion people. And you know what? Most of us know Billy Graham's name. But do we know the person that led Billy Graham to Jesus' name? Do we know the person that led that person who led Billy Graham to Jesus? Do we know his name? Because most of us don't know the name, but yet the impact of their lives on one life suddenly begin to continue and domino effect and think about it, as we celebrate our freedom this week this weekend and and fourth of july 
It's freedom because as a nation, our forefathers didn't quit. Have you ever thought about what if they would have quit when the British were trying to sequester them and push them down? What if they wouldn't have rode the horse and, 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 and Paul Revere? What if George Washington wouldn't have done his thing? And what if the person who led Billy Graham to the Lord would have quit, got out of line, took a break? then maybe 2.2 billion people would have never heard the name of Jesus. How many people are waiting for you to share Jesus with them? And you can't quit. Everybody say, I can't quit. Because there's a domino effect that God gives from one life to another life to another life to another life. And God desires you to see you born again. And to see you born again is sort of like what Mary talked about. That man, if you're just going through life on a hamster wheel and just going through life, that your life is so much more than that. You are born again to touch somebody else's life, to touch somebody else's life. The purpose is not only for you to come to know Jesus, but to help others come to know Jesus. That's why the vision of Family Life Fellowship is people reaching people through people with the love of Jesus Christ. It's not just stopping with one but it's people reaching people, the same love that you experience, the same grace and mercy and all those things in your life. You're to share that with other people. And we want to help you see that this week and in two weeks and realize how great that the impact of your life can be. Matthew chapter 20, 20, 25, verse 34. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then the righteous ones, and this really amazes me, then those in right standing with God will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? Or a stranger and show you hospitality? Or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I'll tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, Jesus said you were doing it to me. You'd never know the effect of your life. And before I pray, I want to close this story. We were picking up some items in, in Illinois, and, and I was driving a big truck. And, uh, and all of a sudden, there was a car that somehow appeared in front of me, parked, and, and, and I, I gently nudged the car forward. <laughs> Didn't damage the car. And so this was about six months ago. Well, last week, I got a phone call, and this guy says, hey, I know that you probably don't remember me. I said, no, I remember you. And... Uh, he said, well, how do you remember me? I said, because I nudged your car. And he said, yep, that's me. And, and he's a pastor in Illinois. And he said, when we met, he said, I remembered. And he said, I came across this opportunity that I thought you might be interested in. And I, and I said, what is it? And he says, I know a guy that's got 45 semi-trucks full of laundry soap. He said, are you interested? I said, I'm interested in some. Come on, say amen. But. And so we'll start seeing how that will unpack over the next couple of weeks. But, 
but one domino affects another domino, affects another domino, and you'll begin to see how this comes into play. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you. And Father, that let each person, Holy Spirit, I can't convey it, but you have to convey it. Let each person realize how great of an impact their life can make in light of eternity. Father, we count numbers, and we think that's what is impact, but it's not. It's impacting that one life, just like that life that impacted Billy Graham. And Father, let us realize our impact affects eternity. It affects eternity of where people are going to spend heaven or hell. Let that sink in, Holy Spirit, into our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. So what we see is not always what we get, amen? What I see is I tap that car and I see a guy that was a little upset that I bumped his car and but then all of a sudden, God begins to do amazing things. And in order to impact people's lives for eternity, we have to begin to see things differently. You know, when I got glasses for the first time, it was amazing because I didn't know I couldn't see. I didn't know everything was blurry. I remember sitting at MACC, and uh, Alex Fowler had got some new glasses. I said, hey, let me try them on. I tried them on, and then all of a sudden, I could read everything I, didn't, I couldn't read before. I could see clearly. And so I went to the doctor, and, and I got my eyes checked, and he gave me a prescription for glasses, and suddenly, I felt smarter. didn't say I was smarter. I just felt smarter, and, and I could see better. And, and all of a sudden, the headaches begin to go. And all of a sudden, the thing that I enjoyed the most in life, reading books, which I had got away from because it was so hard in the strain, suddenly I began to enjoy reading books again. But every couple of years, I have to go back and have a checkup because sometimes my prescription changes, amen? Sometimes it gets better, sometimes it gets worse, whatever it is. Well, the parallel is this. Sometimes our vision changes. And we need to check our prescription for our spiritual eyes so that we can see more like God sees. Somewhere we just get used to it or our glasses get scratched or they get cloudy or, 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 or things have changed in our life. And we need to look at life differently. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 18 says, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called, his holy people who are rich and glorious in his inheritance. The reason behind your calling is most people will never see it. The purpose behind what God has called you to do, most people will never see that in your life. Because think about it. How much fun would it be to be one domino? How much fun? Think about it. One domino. Because dominoes wasn't designed to be an individual. Dominoes were designed to be sold in a set so you could enjoy multiple dominoes impacting each other. You never see a single domino for sale. You always see a set of dominoes for sale. Amen? Why? Because they were meant to impact each other. And your life here on earth is meant to impact other lives for the cause of Jesus Christ. But if you have lost vision and you've lost clarity, then I'm praying that the Holy Spirit today, during this message, will change your prescription on your spiritual glasses 
and you'll begin to see things differently than you've ever seen. You'll begin to see things the way that God sees things in your life. Because your goal as a born-again Christian is to see things the way that God sees them. Isaiah 46 says God sees the end from the beginning. God sees the end from the beginning. And you think, why is that so significant? Why is that important? Because the end, because if all you see is the beginning and the middle, you'll get frustrated, discouraged, and quit. But if you see the end result, then you'll think, man, no matter what I'm going through, I'm going to get there. And that means the first domino will eventually impact the last domino, be it hundreds or millions. And you and I, you and I are part of an intricate, amazing plan to bring the gospel, the message of God's love through the earth. Through the earth. You know, one of the missions trips we're hooking up right now, we've sort of finalized in the final dates, is Albania. 85% Muslim uh, in the country. If you're interested in going, message me. 30 October through 7 November. Need a $500 deposit. We're going to be going to two different churches. We're shipping a container over full of goods where we're going to be able to impact those lives. But it's going to be amazing what it is as we pioneer and go out into that area and bring the, the love of Jesus Christ. Amen? Through a lot of stuff. We're, we're literally taking part of the Dream Center, putting it in a 40-foot container, shipping it across the ocean to impact people, one of the poorest countries in Eastern Europe. But if we don't learn to see like God... We'll miss it. We'll miss it. How awful would it be after weeks of setting up dominoes, being intricate, painstaking, making sure everything's lined up and spaced perfectly, that a few dominoes decided to get out of line? Think about it. If a few dominoes just got out of line, then a whole section would be left unaffected, standing stagnant in line, never stepping into their purpose. And in life, we have to ask God. Everybody say, God, help me see differently. God, help me see people differently. Help me, Lord, to see people as you see people. For instance, some of us who are older picture a teenager we see him as a problem or a nuisance, and yet Jesus sees them as a son or a daughter that he loves. Some of us who may be on this lower end of the economic spectrum, we see somebody who's successful and prosperous and wealthy, and we think, man, they don't have no time for themselves, and they're always busy, and they're full of themselves. And, but you know what Jesus sees? He sees them as a, a son or daughter that he loves. Or some of us, we see those who come through the food bank line and the clothing line and, and the smart start line and whatever line, they're in the line to receive. And, and we think, man, they, they're just not, they're not productive with their life. They're not doing anything with their life. They're, they're, and we're making judgments on a low-income family. And yet Jesus sees them as a son and daughter that he loves. And you might see somebody you can't stand, but Jesus sees them as a son or daughter he loves. You might see somebody who hurt you, violated you, abused you, but Jesus sees them as a son or daughter that he loves. What I'm saying is we have to learn to 
see people differently. People's lives may look like a dilapidated house beyond repair, but that's never how, that's never how God sees them. It's never how God sees them. And if we don't learn to see people as, as God sees them, then you become that domino that steps out of line. And suddenly, you stepping out of line causes somebody else's life not to be impacted for eternity. Let me show you God's heart. Go to Luke chapter 19, verse 41 and 42. And, and it's right there where, where Jesus is getting ready to be crucified. And, and, it, and listen to what it says in verse 41. This is Jesus. But as he came closer to Jerusalem and saw the city ahead, he began to weep. He began to weep. And he said, how I wish today that you of all people would understand the way to peace. Why did Jesus weep? Because the 12 guys, and there was probably more people with him, but he picked 12 to be his apostles, but there's probably a larger group of people traveling with him because we know there was 72, we know there was 120, we know there was 500. We have no recollection of them shedding any tears for Jerusalem. Why did Jesus weep? I believe Jesus wept. Because he saw it differently. He saw it differently. Why other people wouldn't think twice about the city. He wept. He wept. And I believe he wept. Because he saw into the city. Don't miss what I'm saying there. He saw into the city. He saw families that were in disarray. He saw kids. He saw kids that had no models. He saw singles who were lonely. He saw business people who were discouraged. He saw the hurting and the broken and the depressed and the diseased. And the depressed and the discouraged. And it moved him. Why? Because his one agenda on earth was to reach people. People reaching people through people with the love of Jesus Christ. It's interesting. Because cities and communities are known for a lot of things. If I told you Kansas City, most of y'all would shout out barbecue or the Chiefs. Probably wouldn't say Royals right now, but anyway. Or if I, if I said Hershey, Pennsylvania, you would say the Chocolate Factory. Or if I would say New York, you'd say the Empire State Building. Or whatever other famous building, Washington, D.C., the, the Washington Monument. St. Louis, the arch, whatever it is, landmarks and people, we know that, food, etc. But Jesus sees our cities as lost and empty. 
Jesus doesn't stop there because he also sees the potential. Everybody say potential. He sees the lost found, the hurting healed. He sees the empty filled, the broken restored. Are you grateful that he saw you that way? He didn't see you in the situation that you were in, but he saw that what you could become in your life. Because when was the last time you leapt over, wept over your city? When was the last time you wept over your neighborhood, your community, your family? Whatever it is, your employees that, that work for you. How many times are we on our way to work or home, our next activity, our next children's sporting event, and have we really taken the time to think about the people that are far away from God that we drive, away, drive by? Do we really take that time no, we're hurry up, get to the next location, get home, eat dinner, relax, watch TV, get prepared for tomorrow. And I'm challenging you for the next 30 days, leading up to 1 to 21 August as we talk about pray first. I'm challenging you to really slow down in the way that you see people. In the way that you see people. What would happen if that would really happen? We begin to see people differently. We begin to see people the way that Jesus sees people. Or, or we begin to see people the way that Jesus saw us before we became born again. What if this week, instead of hurrying, to get where you need to go. When you got in your car, you say, God, let me see people today the way that you see people. How would the, how would you as a domino affect people? And who knows the impact? Who knows the impact if we take 30 days as a church and, and really say, God, let me see people the way that you see people. Who knows the impact? God does. And what if we walked our communities and our neighborhoods and our parks and our sports complexes and all those things? And what if we... We, as we walked, we just said, Lord, let me see the way that you see what would happen. What would happen? Joshua 1, 3 gives us an answer. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set your foot will be the land that I will give you. Wherever you, see, see we, 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 we want to take our country back, but we're not going to take our country back until we take our communities back. We're going to take our community. And guess what? We're in the center of our country. And man, any thing that is strategic it would spread out from there doing what it is but it's going to take us slowing down and as you walk your communities these next 30 days ask God to give it to us ask God so we can reach people with his love people reaching people with the love of Jesus Christ and I believe if you really do this for 30 days something interesting is going to happen that you'll see the emptiness and the brokenness and you'll begin to weep for your communities and then you'll begin to have faith rise up in you that says hope and healing. Hope for tomorrow. Healing from yesterday. From emptiness, I've given hope, God says. From brokenness, I've given healing. 
I don't know if y'all are reading the one-year Bible, but Psalm 147 on Thursday really spoke to me. 2024, we're going to use the term restore or restored. It's going to be a year of restoration in, in 2024, restoration of families, restoration of finances, restoration of health, restoration of the joy of our salvation. But listen, I'm just going to read a couple of highlights because it, it's, I've just been chewing on it since Thursday. The Lord is rebuilding. He heals the brokenhearted and he bandages their wounds. He counts the stars and he calls them by name. The Lord supports the humble. He covers the heaven with clouds, provides rain for the earth, and makes the grass grow in mountain pastures. He gives food to the wild animals and feeds the young ravens when they cry. Now the Lord's delight is in those who fear him, those who put their hope in his unfailing love. For he has strengthened the bars of your gates and blessed your children within your walls. He sends peace across your nation and satisfies your hunger with the finest wheat. Everybody say the domino effect. Man, if you're walking your dog this week, if you're running for exercise, if you're driving to and from dot, 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 if you do this, I believe something in the spiritual realm will happen, and it'll happen first in your heart, and you'll begin to see our communities different, and you'll begin to see your surroundings different, and see those things that are there, and we'll see this domino effect of one life touching another life, of touching another life. And I'm so glad a lot of you haven't quit. Because we're seeing those lives. One life touching another life, touching another life, touching thousands of lives. Don't you want to reach people with God's love? People reaching people, three people with the love of Jesus Christ. Starts with you. Starts with you. Starts with one domino. Pastor Tim Gibson. Pastor Tim messaged me this morning. He's the pastor of Sweet Springs Baptist Church. He said, good morning. I have a friend coming through headed out west to help small churches. Would it be a possibility to come by today and add some things to his trailer? He has some room. I know it's a late request, so either way, praise the Lord. At first, I'm thinking, I'm busy. I got a stage to put up. I got, I got this. And then the Holy Spirit said, remember when you were a small church and wish somebody noticed you? Remember? So as I close, you know that one of our greatest distractions is ourselves. We're what we would call in modern day language the selfie syndrome. Pretend this is a mirror. If you're too close to the mirror, you can't see the hurting. Because all you see is yourself. And if you're so focused on yourself, how can you recognize the person standing right in front of you who is in need what you have to give? Had another message this morning. This was a unique one. I was excited about it. I said, Pastor Vic, do you have time to talk to my husband and I about the baptism of fire? And they don't even come to church. I'm like, oh, yeah, I got time. <laughs> so when are you available? When we want what God wants, 
instead of wanting what we want, we begin to step out into our destinies. In the book of Jonah, Jonah was maybe a lot like us. Jonah was called to go to preach to the city of Nineveh. Jonah heard the call, and he ran the opposite direction. He literally got on a boat and headed the opposite way. Why? Because he saw the city of Nineveh as a broken down, dilapidated house that had no hope. Because he didn't see the potential that God saw. And as a domino, he stepped out of line. He said, I ain't doing it. City of 120,000 people. I wonder how many people died and went to hell in those three days that he was in the belly of a well because he didn't be obedient. And this is what Jonah, God told Jonah. Then the Lord said, you feel sorry about the plant though you did nothing to put it there. It came quickly and died quickly. But Nineveh has more than 120,000 people living in spiritual darkness. Or we could say Macon. We could say Salisbury. We could say Cairo. We could say Huntsville. We could say Moberly. We could say Columbia. We could say Centralia. We could say Sturgeon. 120,000 people living in spiritual darkness, not to mention the, all the animals. That's why I think animals are in heaven, because God just puts them on there. And then God says, shouldn't I feel sorry for such a great city? He called them great, even though they're a bunch of heathen. And I think that's how God feels about our neighborhoods, about our communities. And you don't know what happened? I mean, really what happened, we'll talk about it in two weeks. Because next week, Caleb, two sons of the house, Caleb will be here at 9, missionary in the Philippines. Pastor Jason will be here at 11 o'clock to share. Two sons of the house. Pastor Jason will have his books for sale at both services. And we'll pick up that story. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you. We thank you. And right now, there may be somebody that needs to step into their destiny, which is called salvation, which is called being born again. And Father, if somebody questions if they're going to heaven, they don't have to question that any longer because you notice them. And we, from the greeters to the nursery to the worship team to the cleaning team, all were dominoes in line to set up to this moment. We've been ticking down one by one for the person out there that doesn't know Jesus to say, Dear Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. I ask you to please forgive me of my sins. And I receive you, Jesus, into my life. And when you pray that prayer from your heart, you're born again. And if you wanted to breathe another breath, you'd be in heaven with us. Just pray that prayer however you need to, to renew that commitment. 